Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and thank you so much for joining us today. I'm making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Educational Podcasting Today, episode number 44. Today, we have a fantastic podcaster on to talk all about his show and how he is revolutionizing the way that professional development is being given on Twitter, of all places. I want to introduce my guest today, Mr. Jake Miller. Jake, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for having me in. It is so great to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Jake Miller? Uh, so I am an ed tech nerd like that. Like if I had to summarize it in like three three words, there we go, ed tech nerd. <laughs> but I, li- I live in Ohio and I host the Educational Duct Tape Podcast. Uh, I spend a lot of time on Twitter and making GIFs, not, not GIFs, Jeff. I know you're a GIF guy, but GIFs to share share different things that you can do with educational technology tips, mostly about Google, but uh, anything that a teacher could do uh, to benefit their students. You know, I'm so glad that you said that. I've now realized I've been saying this wrong the entire time I've been podcasting. Jake, I'm going to start this again. Let me see if I can do this. <clears throat> Welcome to the podcast. My name is Geff Bradbury. Right, exactly. <laughs> is, is that Have I been doing it wrong here? Yeah, today's episode is Geff and Gake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, that's a that's a new hashtag right there. We'll be starting out now, guys. We're going to be talking today all about Jake and the great things he's doing. We're going to be focusing on podcasting a little about his website. I know that you guys out there love Mister Gake Miller and have lots of questions. If you have any questions for for Jake today, please reach out to us on Twitter at Podcasting Today. Of course, we are also found on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voicemail with your all of your questions over at TeacherCast.net/slash/voicemail. And if you're looking to start a podcast with your students this week especially as the school year is is winding down check out our brand new channel podcastingwithstudents.com where you can find all the great tools equipment curriculum everything you need on how to start a podcast go on over to podcastingwithstudents.com now jake let's just kind of get started here your show is pretty amazing you've had some amazing guests on it talk to us a little bit about educational duct tape how'd you come up with the name first of all well, so the name uh, I came up with, it's been a couple of years. I've been doing it as a presentation for years, and it just, just became a podcast back in January was when I first launched, but I started kind of preparing it in November and December. So I'm just, it's, it's pretty new, but about six months in. Uh, but the name Educational Duct Tape came uh, a couple of years ago. I was working on, my, my kids have a bounce house, right? It's this indoor inflatable bounce house that my wife uh, decided to get them for Christmas years ago. And this thing is, is a behemoth. It's like eight foot diameter bounce house. And we got it for them. I, I remember Christmas Eve, I had to inflate it all myself and everything. And it took up our entire living room. And, uh, you know, after a couple days of playing with it, the kids got bored with it. So I'd have to always fold it up and put it away. And then a couple months later, I would take it back out and fill it back up again for them. And after a couple years of this love-hate relationship with this bounce house, one day it had a hole and it started fizzing. And I got a little bit of a Mr. Burns from The Simpsons moment. Yes, excellent. Because I thought I could throw it. Right. I thought I could throw it away there. Uh, but but the kids loved it too much. So I had to find something to fix it. And what I ended up fixing it with uh, was, well, we, there was a patch kit that came with it. But at some point in time, we had found it on the floor and gone, what the heck is this thing? And thrown it away. <laughs> so we didn't have a patch kit anymore. And what ended up working with it was duct tape. 
And so that was in the back of my mind when I was at an educational technology conference. And I realized that a lot of teachers, when they, when they're getting trained on educational technology, they, they are kind of seeing things a little bit, um, with a, a variety of different ways. Some, some people look at educational technology and think, oh my gosh, this is stressful. I've got to learn all of the things, which is not the right way to go about it. You're, you're never going to survive if you try to learn all the things. And some people look at it and go like, oh, this is great. I'm going to remember this tool and this tool and this tool and this tool. And then when I come to a time when they're applicable in my classroom, then I'm going to use them. And that's what I realized is we need to see these things as tools. We need to put them in our toolbox and we need to come back to them when they relate to something we're trying to do with our students. And that's what I realized. It's just like that duct tape, right? I didn't wake up that day thinking I'm going to use duct tape today. I was thinking, no, I'm going to have fun with my three kids. And I got out the bounce house and I needed a tool to fix it and duct tape fixed it. So on the podcast, we talk about different questions you might have in the classroom and how educational technology can fix them. So we view the technology as a tool, not as a focus. Talking today with Jake Miller, a man with an eight-foot uh, bounce house and obviously high-vaulting <laughs> ceilings. Right. <laughs> Was the podcast something that you've always wanted to do, or are, is your podcast just another way that you're building your brand? You know, I have been listening to podcasts for, for gosh, probably seven or eight years. So I've, I've been a huge fan of podcasts. And over the last year or two, I started thinking I would like to get into the game myself. And it became a good way to share this message. So it kind of was the blending of a couple different things. My love for podcasts, me having a message I want to share with, with teachers and then needing a way to get it out there further than I could get it just in my own, you know, travels around the state of Ohio. Like I wanted to reach further and it became a perfect way to do that. Now, podcasting isn't your only vehicle for connecting. I see over on your website, jakemiller.net, you've uh, got a pretty impressive Flipgrid community that's following you. That's something that we've been exploring here. Talk to us a little bit about your uh, your love for Flipgrid and, and how does it all work with your community? Well, so I, I wanted a way on the podcast to share the voices from the educators that listen. I, I want to answer, like we talked about how we're, we're answering educational questions and how they can be solved with technology. So I needed to get the educators to ask those questions. So I created the the Flipgrid. I know a lot of podcasts use like SpeakPipe is something that's pretty common out there. And SpeakPipe is great. But I said, why not use a tool that is already in education, give those educators a chance to use something that's already education related and create more of a community feeling. I think SpeakPipe tends to be like listener records a message, podcaster receives the message, podcaster uses it on the podcast. What I wanted to do was listener asks a question, other listeners see the question and respond, and then I have the choice of using it on the podcast or not using it on the podcast. So it's it's nice that it kind of is a multi-tiered thing where the net, the listeners can network together, and then I could also use it on the podcast. So then if when there is a message that I want to use, maybe we want to answer the question or feature somebody's answers, I just download those grid responses and rip out the audio file and pop it right into the podcast. I, I love that, right? And the, ni the nice thing over here is if you look at your website over on jakemiller.net, everything just embeds nicely. It's visual. And, and you're right. I mean, I can even speak from my own experiences on, you know, people seem to be intimidated by SpeakPipe. I either mm -hmm. get somebody with a three-minute long question or I get right. three minutes of dead air. Yeah. And with Flipgrid, you have that opportunity to really see, to interact. You, you're building your community. You've got all the interactions underneath of there. But that's not the only place that you're building interaction. You've come up with something pretty interesting. Is it called the EduGIF? Uh, that's what I call the EduGIF. You already do you GIF. Yep. 
Talk to us yeah. a little bit about that. How'd that come about? And how, how do you make those things? So everyone's asking those questions like, that's so cool. What are you using? Right. So I use Camtasia to make my gifts. Camtasia, I, I'm going to say, is, is the ideal tool for doing it. Uh, a lot of educators would likely not use Camtasia to do it because there's, there's a cost associated with Camtasia. It, it is worth the cost. Uh, it, it's, it's around, I believe, $160 for educators. I'm not sure that that's the exact number of it. And I think that if you're going to use it to the level that I'm using it, where I'm making a couple gifts a week and making my videos in it and things like that, it's worth it. But if you're the average educator and you're just trying to make gifts, you might want to go with a less expensive tool or a free tool. And there are a, a variety of them out there. You know what, Jeff, I'll give you a, uh, a link to a a post I have that lists a whole bunch of different free or inexpensive tools they could use for it. Would love uh, to link to that. We actually just did a post this morning it launched on the uh, a big review of the brand new Camtasia 2019 that came out. Awesome features. For oh, us, yeah. Especially for teachers. I, I mean, everybody tangent here, right? Jake? Everybody here is like, oh, my God, it's not a free product, but right. they're not going for free that it is a professional product. But look at what you can do with this thing. Yeah, I, I believe and I, I believe this with with all educational tools, like if if the value that you get out of it is worth the price of it, then it's 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 worth the price of it. You should pay for it. It, should, it doesn't all have to be free. Now, when, when you're using something once or twice during the school year, yeah, you don't want to have to pay for it in that situation. But if it becomes something that you're going to use regularly, then it becomes worth it. You, you've got to pay to use good tools. And Camtasia is, is a good tool. Um, the, the reason I started using it for GIFs, I actually started using it originally for videos uh, and I was making screencasts and posting them on YouTube. Like it would be like uh, how to post an assignment in Google Calendar or Google Classroom or how to make a Google form that jumps to different pages based on the answers. And I would make these videos late at night and post them on YouTube and share them on Twitter and on my website. And I'd come back to them a week later and I'd find that I had like six views. <laughs> and the reason was I, I was sharing these things out there and nobody had any impetus to click on the link, plug in their earbuds and listen to these videos that I had made. And, and I think the reason is at, at that point in time, I didn't have an audience of people who trusted me to make good content. They didn't know me. And so I needed to grab their attention somehow else. And what I realized was that the gifts that I saw elsewhere, like the, the one that really did me in was I was looking at Facebook one day and I watched an entire GIF about how to cook tater tot casserole. I, I don't I don't even do the cooking in our house, but I watched the GIF and I realized like it just grabbed my attention and it was well made and I just focused on it. So I thought if I could do that and I could grab people's attention, then the quality of my content and the, the thing that I'm training them to do will resonate and they'll follow it. And that's and I found that I was right. And I so I started making these gifts. It's probably been about two years of making and sharing these gifts. Well, about I, I, I love the fact that all the animations are, I mean, seriously, they are professionally done. I mean, a, a, a GIF is what? Tw no more than 20 seconds? Uh, it actually... Is it how long does it take you to make a 20 second GIF? You know, so most of them are a little more than 20 seconds that I make. Nor normally what matters with a GIF is the file size. Typically the ones you see like on Giphy that are like from a Harry Potter movie or from friends or from the office or something like that. Typically those are like less than 10 seconds, but the ones I make and share on Twitter are normally, uh, you know, probably 30 to 40 seconds in length, but they, they could be longer. I, I just think the, the tool is best for the short, short bursts like that. Uh, but when I make a, like a 40 second GIF, it typically takes me about an hour to make it. it looks uh, 
And and the reason is it's there's this quote that is often attributed to Mark Twain. I'm going to butcher it because I don't have it right in front of me, but it's I would have written a shorter letter, but I didn't have enough time. And what what he's saying is it, it takes a lot of time to make a clear, concise message. If if you want me to record a five minute long screencast on how to do something, like I'll take five minutes to do that. Exactly five minutes, and maybe maybe five extra minutes to add a couple of annotations in. But if I've got to trim that same tool, that same topic down to 30 seconds, like I'm really going to need to whittle my message and I'm going to need to get these clear, concise annotations in there that point things out to people. So it's a time consuming process. One of the things that I love about your website over at jakemiller.net is that you've made all of these gifts and resources available. I mean, you click on a button and it opens up your Google drive. And as a tech coach, I can now share that with my staff and fully take credit. No, no, no. And, and, fully, <laughs> and, and fully be able, but, but be able to use these things. And that is an amazing resource that you've made available to the community. Yeah. It, well, I, 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 that, that was the goal, right? Is to help these, these people. And I know that, a lot of educators aren't on Twitter or aren't scouring the internet for this information. And there are people in roles like you or me who work with a full staff that need these things shared with them. And so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make it available for those people to share with others. So let's talk a little bit about that website, right? We've been discussing some of the things that are on it. JakeMiller.net. I, I, you got to go check this stuff out. What platform are you on? Uh, I use for my website, it is a WordPress site, uh, a self-hosted WordPress site. Uh, and I like WordPress. I'm not like a, a WordPress evangelist where if somebody is using Google Sites or somebody's using something else for their site, I'm like, no, you have to stop and use WordPress. But I, I, I do enjoy WordPress for mine. Uh, I'm actually working on setting up another website in the future. And I'm thinking I'm going to try Google Sites for that just so I can kind of do both and, and be able to compare them. But I do use WordPress for it. Now you said the the, the key word here self hosted. Um, let's just let's do the nerd talk for a second here. Right. Um, where's where are you hosted? Well, so it's hosted. I actually um, have a friend who who hosts a group of them. So he handles all that stuff on the back end for me, and he's kind of my middleman. But he uses a uh, host monster for it. Okay. And and are you the web designer? Or does somebody else do this for you? No, I do it. I, I put all the content on the site. So it's it's using a WordPress theme, and then I I'm the one putting all the content onto it. Any special plugins that you like to talk about? Um, hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as much of a, I'm not so much of a WordPress guy that I know my plugins off the top of my head. Let me, let me peek in here and see what I got in there. <laughs> I love the fact, and look, we're going to do a little nerd dive here because, because, you know, look, first of all, anybody out there that's listening is interested in their websites. You know, you can always go over to educational web design. We are out there working with educators. We've got some of the best and, and most recognized websites. Their developers are on our team here. If you're looking to create a website for yourself, head on over to educational web design.com. Jake, talk to us a little bit about what the backend looks like. Uh, so, so on, on uh, WordPress, you mean? Yep. Uh, so, so WordPress, whereas if you look at something like Google Sites, which I feel like most educators are familiar with Google Sites or similar tools, uh, your editor looks a lot like the web page itself, I, I, I like to think. Like you're, you're dragging and dropping things into the, the page that they look like, whereas WordPress looks a little more... Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what the what the wording is here. You could you could easily get in and do the under the under the hood coding, but you can also do kind of drag and drop stuff. It's kind of a little bit in the middle between being, you know, like really coding your website and designing your website yourself. And so it's uh, intimidating. I don't think it's intimidating. No, it, it takes a little bit of learning to get started, but no, I don't think it's intimidating. 
Now, when we're looking at putting this stuff together, right? You've got your website, you've got your podcast. We've been talking a lot on the channel here about creating that digital hub, that central mm-hmm. location for everything to design off of. This is exactly what you've done. You've got your website where your Flipgrid comes off of, your social comes off of, your gifts come off of, and it's wrapped up in a beautiful looking Bitmoji. Tell us a little bit about why you chose your Bitmoji there. <laughs> I don't know. You know, one day, you know, I really don't know what was the impetus behind that decision. It was like, I need a picture to go right there. And I was like, I'll try my Bitmoji. And I, you know what, you know what sold me on it was when I put it there, WordPress automatically made it the little, um, uh-huh. the little, the little favicon for the site up in the top corner on the, on the tab. And I was like, okay, that's just awesome. I gotta, I gotta stick with it. <laughs> that's awesome. Now I, I, just to kind of, just kind of go through the motions here with everything. Uh, you know, we've been talking to Jake Miller here all about how he's communicating with his users and mm-hmm. how he's using his gifts and how he's using his Flipgrid. One of the things that I also like about your website here, Jake, is your newsletter. Talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about your newsletter. What's your strategy? We just put out a, a recent post. I'll link to everything here on how to build your newsletter following. Uh-huh. Talk to us a little bit about your strategy here because we got a lot of... Uh, comments from our post that came out i want to know what's your platform what's your what's your choice how how do you handle things like newsletter subscribers and how often do you send stuff out so i use mailchimp for mine uh when i when i originally evaluated about a year or two back it was the seemed like the most trustworthy and easy to use tool that was was free for for most situations uh it is free for up to two thousand subscribers and i thought like oh that'll be great well now it's not free for me anymore because i I broke that uh, a couple weeks ago and it but that was such a great moment to go like oh man i've got to pay for it and then go oh i've got two thousand subscribers this is great okay it's good so yeah i use MailChimp for it. And I really like MailChimp. It's a really easy to use platform. Um, I've heard good things about the other tools out there as well. I think once you once you select a tool, it's just about getting it to do the thing you want it to do. Um, I send out a newsletter once to two times a month. I, I wish I could do every two weeks was my goal, but it's just whenever I can get one out there, I get one out there. Um, my goal when I send out a newsletter is to not make it too long. So I try to keep it to like three things on it. Um, but I also don't want to just focus on certain things. I, I see a lot of people out there. This is just kind of my own feeling. I see a lot of people where their newsletters or something or maybe their Twitter handles or their websites split up the interests. So it'd be like if I had one newsletter about gifts and one newsletter about my podcast and one newsletter about my blog and one newsletter about my speaking, then I'm splitting myself up and I'm letting people choose to ignore some of the stuff I'm doing. So my goal was really to keep it all together. So when somebody um, wants to know about my podcast, they get the regular newsletter. When somebody wants to be updated every time I make a new GIF, they get the regular newsletter. When somebody signs up for like a Camtasia course that I run online, they get the regular newsletter. And I put them all in there. And what I, what I do is I have a pop-up on the site, uh, which actually isn't working right now. I need to fix it this weekend. Uh, and then I also have a link on the site to get to uh, a newsletter submission there. Um, but then also I try to, anytime I do like a contest for something or a sign up for something, I put a disclaimer in there that says, like disclaimer, I'm going to add you to my, my newsletter subscription right now. And then you could remove yourself if you want to. So, um, when people submitted feedback on my podcast, when I first rolled it out and I was giving some stickers away for free, they had to fill out a Google form to sign up. And then those all went right into my, my newsletter right there. So any way that I could bring people in there. And then if they want to unsubscribe, that's fine, but you really want to pull those people in. 
We're talking to Jake Miller from jakemiller.net all about his website, his podcast, his newsletter. We're going to come back in just a quick second, and we're going to ask him a little bit about how he's podcasting and what some of the great equipment recommendations he has. We'll be right back here with Educational Podcasting today. Friends, before we move on with our show, I wanted to let you guys know I have been in education now for almost 20 years, and I've seen the changes some students have come to face every single day, whether it's going through school hungry, not being able to see a doctor when they're sick, or not getting the proper rest at night. These challenges make it hard for kids to focus on their learning. I remember a story of a student who came to my office one day and she could barely stay awake due to all the circumstances happening around her at home that were beyond her control. I didn't know what I could do and I wanted to be able to help her out in any way that I could. Thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way with their three to PhD program that helps to combat students' fears freeing them to pursue their highest dreams. They're revolutionizing education by creating a holistic model that provides groceries, healthcare, and even clothing to students right here on campus, helping them thrive and helping our communities strengthen and grow. Concordia's College of Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn about a more compassionate approach to education and see how nurturing the whole student can lead to amazing things. To learn more about how you can help students conquer their monsters and achieve their highest dreams, visit cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. That's cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. And we're, use the hashtag nature educate grow. My philosophy. Yeah. You record everything through audio. How yeah. do you know where the mistakes are? Right. However, if I go like this... Oh, I didn't see you do it. Okay. <laughs> now, when I edit in Final Cut, I can see exactly where the cuts are. Right. And you know how I can do this in five seconds versus an hour and a half. <laughs> do, you know, do you listen to um, the Shooks and Gift podcast? you ever listened to them before? Um, I, 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 Jen used to be my co-host. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, I, I know her, her on their podcast. They they like scream or something so that they see an audio blip, like a really loud noise. Me, I just go through the whole thing. I, I, I fine tooth comb edit my podcast, which is crazy. They're also Canadian. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> and we're back with educational podcasting today. Episode number 44. I'm talking to the great Jake Miller from jakemiller.net, all about his website, all about his podcast. Jake, before we keep going here, talking about your podcasting equipment, you know, many people out there say, I want to get started with whether mm -hmm. you get it on started on social media, get started on podcasting. What advice do you have for anybody that's just sitting here going, should I? Shouldn't I? Where to? What's what's the best advice you have for anybody that just wants to get started into this branding medium? Because really, that's what you're doing, right? You're building a brand right. for yourself, right? I, I think you just have to try it out. Like if you're if you're really considering something and you're coming back to that thought of should I try this or not? The answer is yes, you should. You won't know until you really try it. You might dive in and find out 
I don't really think this was for me, you know, and if you're in that situation, then then you want to start off inexpensive and and free just to kind of get your feet wet and try it out. I know a lot of people out there that are uh, in the podcasting world advise you to record a couple episodes and throw them away. Right. Record them, edit them, see how it feels and then scrap it. And, And that that's certainly an option, too, if you're if you're really not sure about it. But you really do just have to try it out. I'm the guy that says, do a couple episodes, save them, and then put them out as episodes 101, 102, and 103. Right. Because once you get an audience and once you're rolling, you go, hey, guys, this is where we started. Right. And now suddenly, instead of, you know, welcome to the Teacher Cast podcast, it's one guy in a microphone and it's just like, ooh. <laughs> but it certainly works. Now, talk to us a little bit about what you have in front of you, right? Because I want to talk a little bit about equipment here. We don't have to go too, di- too deep diving mm-hmm. here, but, but what do you use to make your show? Uh, I'm a, I'm I'm a relatively low cost show. I'm not a wouldn't call it a free show. I use a uh, Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred as my mic. Uh, I heard it recommended by a number of podcasters. It's about a sixty five or seventy dollar microphone. Uh, it goes on special on Amazon pretty often. So if you you know put it in your uh, cart and just keep an eye on it, you might find it on sale. I'm very happy with it. I think it sounds pretty good. Um, certainly, I could have spent you know five times that much and gotten a better microphone, but I think it's it's good enough. Um, and, I, and I do like it. It doesn't pick up too much room noise. That's good. Uh, for headphones, I just have my regular old earbuds plugged into the mic and, and pulling the sound out of that. Um, I record on my MacBook Pro. And I do all of my editing in GarageBand, which I don't love the GarageBand editing process, but it just became part of my workflow. And now it just works, you know, and so I just stick with that. And you said you, you're editing all your, gra- your your GIFs in Camtasia. Correct. Yeah. Now, I know some podcasters even edit their podcasts in Camtasia, too. And and that's exactly what the post was this morning. It was how to edit your podcast using Camtasia. Yeah. It is an audio editor. It is a video editor. It was all that great stuff. Of course, this is t- – uh, uh, whatever. What is show is this? Educational <laughs> Podcasting Today, Episode 44. All of the links that we're, that we're talking about are going to be in our show notes, including links to uh, where you can purchase all this great equipment. Um, Jake, I got to say, first of all, thank you so much for your time tonight. I know it took us a while to kind of get on here. I was so excited to have you on the show tonight. I'm wondering if I can uh, put you on the spot tonight with something that we like to do often here on the show. I have five questions that I ask every educational rock star, and we call it the Jersey Five. Jake, we didn't talk about this earlier, but would you be interested in getting on the hot seat tonight? No, I refuse. No, I'm joking. Well, <laughs> yes, I'm nice. in. <laughs> Uh, Jake just played an an edu yoke with me. Yoke, yoke, whatever. It's a goat. It's a goke. <laughs> All right, J- Jake. This is. I, I see now. I have to know how to say your name the right way because now I'm starting to go it the wrong way. It's a it's a soft J. <laughs> and I'll tell you the other thing is here. I'm looking at this on on three different monitors, and over on my left side, I have one of your blog posts up, and the fact that the GIF just keeps GIF just keeps moving around. It's freaking me out right, right. now. So I'm I'm getting on you. <laughs> I have to actually turn off your website on here. <laughs> JakeMiller.net. All right, the first question here and again i'm gonna tell you they start off easy they get difficult you're not nervous here are you oh i'm a little bit nervous a little bit nervous hold on let me have a sip of my water here I'm all right nervous. all right i mean i know you're, you're missing harry potter for this so flash on the microphone yeah the kids are watching harry potter upstairs right now this is this is the deathly podcast here we go <laughs> tried to time that one when he right that was a good one right i was right. drinking uh question number one <laughs> question number one question number one what is your favorite twitter account or hashtag to follow and why 
Uh, I'm going to go with the same person's brand on both of these. Uh, Matt Miller, um, not related. Uh, Jake Miller, Matt Miller, not related. But we're related in the fact that we both love educational technology and education. Uh, so so Matt is at J. Matt Miller. And his his content, I just always think, is on point. Like the stuff he shares on his blog. Um, and then also his the community based around his book is hashtag ditch book um, based off his book, ditch that textbook. And the stuff that people are sharing on there, I, I love the 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 kind of stuff where it's not just about ed tech. It's not just about education, but it's always about uh, kind of innovative thinking about the way to do things in the classroom. Question number two, and I think I know this one, your favorite ed tech tool. Ooh, gosh, this is hard. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to say Camtasia because it's the one I spend the most time with. But I don't know if I don't know if it technically is an ed tech tool. Uh, I'm a big G Suite guy. Um, I love Google Slides is and Google it G Drawings. Suite or is it G Suite now? It, it, no, it's a soft G in G Suite. Okay. <laughs> it's a hard G in GIF, a soft G in G Suite. <laughs> but I, I like them all. Oh, man, okay, these are getting harder here. Was, yeah. They weren't supposed to get harder for me to figure this stuff out, but they're getting harder for you. All right. Number three, <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever been given as a, sometimes I say podcaster, sometimes I say teacher, sometimes okay. I say best advice you've ever been given as a fill in the blank. Okay. I'm, I get to fill in the blank too? Uh, for you. I'll, I'll okay. JakeMiller.net. Go ahead. <laughs> so for me, the the best advice I've ever been given actually for any role pretty much is uh, there's a book by Seth Godin, Hard, Hard G. Godin. Uh, <laughs> it's called uh, What to Do When It's Your Turn and then in parentheses, and it's always your turn. And the whole book is him saying essentially to you, you – Stop waiting for people to invite you to do the things you want to do. It's always your turn. Just take the step and try it out. Get out there and do it. And I, I feel like I wouldn't be on the path I'm on if I if I hadn't done those things. I would still be um, three teaching positions ago teaching teaching mathematics. I wouldn't be on Twitter. I wouldn't have a website. I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't be speaking. I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be right now. I wouldn't be connected to this if I didn't hear that message. It's always your turn. I absolutely love that. And I'll certainly put a link to that book in the show notes. Oh, it's phenomenal. All right. Two more here. They're getting harder. Number four, what do you hope your students remember about you when they graduate at the end of the year? Oh, gosh. Okay. I hope they remember. Wow. What a cool guy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I hope they remember that, I, that I'm what, always what trying to. What a gif. What a gif. Guy is such a gift. <laughs> he is a gift to us kids. <laughs> I, I hope they remember that I'm always doing things with students in mind uh, and thinking about what is best for the student. I know that there are some situations where people are thinking logistics first, and I try to think students first. Uh, we had a situation, just as an example, recently in my day job where uh, we had a teacher out for paternity leave, and he was out for 10 days, and a substitute teacher came in, and I advocated for that teacher to have access to all the regular technologies that a normal teacher would have because that's what the classroom teacher wanted. And I wanted the best thing to happen for the kids. Uh, I didn't want to think logistics of, well, is it right to give technology to a sub? I want the best thing for the kids. What's best? What's right for them? That's awesome. That is something that we don't hear of, you know, substitutes coming in, but they're, you know, not stripped of everything, but they're not right. granted access to things or they don't, right. want, you know, and, and there's many reasons why all that stuff works. But that is that is an awesome little story there. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. But, 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 but we have number five here. This uh -oh. is a hard one. This is the one that's going to make you think. This is the one that's going to really put you on the spot here. Okay. 
What is the best teachable moment you've ever had? Oh, the best teachable moment I've ever had. You know, I have my, my, this is what came to mind first. I don't know if it's the best, but it's the first that comes to mind. My very first time presenting at a conference was, gosh, about seven years ago. And I was presenting at uh, an area math conference. And I had been using a smart board in my class for a couple of years. And somebody, an administrator in my district said, hey, Jake, I think you really should go present about smart boards at this conference. And they said, well, I have a smart board at the conference. You could present about how to use smart boards in the math classroom. I was like, great. That sounds awesome. I went and I totally bombed, totally, totally bombed. And the teachable moment is that there is that it was all okay afterwards. You know, I was frustrated after it happened, but I learned from that. I now practice my presentations before I do them. You know, I now think all of the things through. I have a backup plan for if the technology is not working. And I, I know that even if I fall flat on my face, everything's going to turn out fine afterwards. And that was my teachable moment. So when you don't have a smart board, have an edu gif. Right. <laughs> You had mentioned presentations, and I am looking forward to meeting you this summer at ISTE. You're going to be coming out to Philadelphia. You said for the first time to attend the conference. What made you uh, come out this summer? What, what, what made you decide to come to the city of brotherly love? To be honest, it's to, it's to meet the people, the people. I, I um, you know, I love the Twitter community and that PLN that I built up over the years on Twitter. So I can't wait to just go there and shake hands and high five and fist bump all these people that I met before. But people are telling, like I asked for some advice on Twitter the other day, and some people are telling me about what conferences to or what sessions to go to or to get the sessions early. I'm like, I might not even go to any sessions. I might just be talking to all these wonderful people, these educators, these passionate educators the whole time I'm there. And I've wanted to go for years. And finally this year, I'm like, I'm doing it. I've got to go there. I've got to meet all these people you are going to be standing in the hallways giving out it's pronounced gif stickers that's the truth <laughs> which i see constantly on twitter jake miller i want to say thank you so much where can people find out more information about the great things that you're doing so they can find uh jakemiller.net is my website or you could find me on any social media at jake miller tech Jake, thank you so much for your time. Keep doing the great things that you're doing. The podcast is amazing. And please invite yourself on the show anytime. I'd love to have you back on to deep dive into even more of these great things that are doing. And would actually love to do an entire show, maybe on Camtasia or so, or some kind of screencasting show. There's a be lot awesome. of great things. Guys, don't forget, if you have any questions for Jake Miller, you can reach out to us here on the show. You can find us on Twitter at TeacherCast or... Bring all your podcasting questions to at podcasting today. Leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail and email us over at feedback at teachercast.net. Guys, as the year wraps up, we want to say thank you guys for being a part of our TeacherCast journey. We are just getting started. There are so many great things happening on TeacherCast. If you're looking for an amazing website, you can go to educationalpodcasting.com. And if you're looking to become a tech coach there's a lot of people asking how do you become a tech coach you can always listen to our show ask the tech coach we drop it every single monday morning and you can find that over on the teacher cast educational network guys thank you so much for making teacher cast your home for professional development my name is jeff bradbury reminding you to keep up the great work in your classroom and continue sharing your passions with your students